Hey everyone, welcome back to episode 47 of the Unconstrained Conversation podcast. I am really super excited about this week's episode, which takes us into the world of retail and out of the traditional hotel conversations. Marco Nyhoff, Group Director of Hospitality and Guest Experience of Value Retail Management, and I were on a panel about the state of technology a few weeks ago, and I was really impressed by his views. I wanted to invite Marco to a more extended conversations here on this podcast, and I'm really, really happy to have him as my guest. Marco is passionate about, about creating the right balance between digital and human interactions to enhance guest loyalty and value. He is a lifelong hotelier. He has worked at some of the most iconic hotel companies around the world, including being a general manager at Marriott, Hyatt, chief operating officer at Jumeirah. He has co-founded and led Yo Hotels in partnership with Philip Stark and moved to value retail management, the only company to specialize exclusively in the creation and operation of luxury outlet destinations around the world. Marco and I talked about the moving pendulum between tech and hospitality, what the hotel industry gets right and what it gets wrong, and how value retail has found a soft spot in making shopping an all-day experience for its guests. Enjoy this exciting journey outside the boundaries of the hotel industry. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future equally exciting episodes of the Unconstrained Conversation podcast. All right, welcome back to another great conversation, Unconstrained Conversation, another great episode of the Unconstrained Conversation podcast. And today with me is Marco Nehoff. And uh, Marco does not work anymore in the uh, hotel industry. Uh, well, he, he kind of does, but he kind of doesn't. Um, he actually works for a different kind of company um, in the retail sector. So welcome, Marco. Uh, thanks for joining me on the Unconstrained Conversation podcast. Happy to be here. Thank you very much for inviting me. Yeah, talk to me a little bit, Marco, about your very interesting journey. You spent a long time in your life in, in the hotel industry with many, many great companies, Jumeirah and uh, Marriott and Hyatt and others. And uh, then you made a switch to, um, to retail. So tell me a little bit about your background and why did you make the, uh, the transition? Well, I, I made a traditional career in hotel business, started as a bellboy, was a general manager, 29, uh, ran Marriott's, ran Hyatt's, and um, ran as well Jumeirah Hotels. I was the number three in Jumeirah Hotels, ran the Bourg Jean Laurent with a fantastic general manager there. So basically, at a certain stage, I had done everything under the moon. I've been on the asset side. I've been on the management side. I've opened my own hotel company with Philip Stark under the U Hotels. I created design hotels, etc. And all of a sudden, I get this phone call from a lady who says, would you like to work for Value Retail? I said, Value who? And Value Retail was basically a outlet village ownership company that wanted to change from being a real retail company to becoming an experience company and people would come to the retail for the experience. And that was seven years ago. So they were way, way ahead of uh, what the competition is now because everybody now is in, into experience. So I thought, you know what? I've done everything under the moon in the hotel business. I said, why not give it a go and see and see what I can do? And um, Six years ago, I joined a company 
It was a, a year of interviews and a year of negotiations and discussions because, yeah, spending all your life in the hotel business to just give all of that up and join the retail business where I knew nothing about. And that was my greatest USP. Mm. My greatest unique selling proposition was not knowing anything about the retail business because that's how I approach this as well of how I established experiences and the hospitality and the guest experience department within value retail. Right, right. So, so many, many people might not have heard of value retail, but they probably know the villages that you have around Europe and in China. And, and um, uh, the, 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 the experiences that you're creating by building these, I guess, concentrated villages where people can uh, uh, shop high-end uh, high retail and high-end high retail brands and uh, probably spend a whole day or, or more than a day there to uh, just um, uh, fulfill well, their shopping design, exact, right? That's exactly true, uh, Klaus. What, what's happening, um, we have, from becoming a shopping street with shops, we have become an experience where people, and you're absolutely right, we have a dwell time from two and a half hours to seven or eight hours per guest which is a fabulous thing to have because in the retail business, people come for 40 minutes and now under the COVID constraints, you're allowed to stay in your village or in your shop for 15 minutes or half an hour. We basically had seven hours at certain stages and which is a fantastic situation to be in because we actually creating a day out for people and it's a day out and shopping and being in an outdoor environment, being in a great experience and the people are coming back in, in 2019, we had close to 50 million visitors. Bister Village in, uh, in London is the second biggest tourism destination after Buckingham Palace, wow. Paris. It is the third shopping destination after the Eiffel Tower and Louvre. So it shows you a little bit the pool that these outlet villages have. And we have at the moment 11, two in China, nine in Europe. And we're opening now uh, the last or the next one is New York, um, about incredible. 30 minutes from Manhattan. That's yeah. incredible. And, and, and how have the, the, the consumer behaviors and how have these experiences uh, evolved over the last six years? And what kind of transition have you seen how consumers act differently or, or how, do you, how do you attract them to stay up to seven hours or longer within your environment? And, and you know, I can't imagine I, mean, I, I lived in Paris and I've been to Paris many times. Um, it's interesting to hear that you're saying, let's go to the Eiffel Tower and let's go to the Louvre and then let's go to the villages, right? That's, that's an incredible brand, but you also have to do something really, really well to create that experience. Well, the, the, the thing was then that that was my uh, assumption from the start when I joined. I said, in retail, you focus on the transaction. In hotel business, we don't focus on the transaction. In hotel business, we focus on the relationship you have with the hotel, the relationship with the barman, the relationship with the doorman, the relationship you have with the shower, the relationship with the, the heavenly bed, the relationship with that fantastic martini they make in the bar, the relationship with you have, well, you know what? They have the Wiener Schnitzel Holstein, which is just <laughs> superb. In hotel business, we create loyalty through many different facets. So what I did when I entered the, the retail business was that guy, 
stop looking at transactions and focus on experiences, focus on building relationships with your clients because they were called clients. In my first, the biggest change I did, stop calling people clients or customers. They're coming to our village as guests. Mm. They drive a car, pay petrol. They fly in from China. They take a train to visit us. Everybody spends money to come to us, receive them as guests, take care of them as guests. That's what hospitality is all about. So that was the first thing that we did. Then we got landscapers involved. Every one of our villages now has a presidential suite, what we call the apartment. We have doormans, we have valet parkers, we have shopping. Went from an F&B environment of, let's say, three outlets. We now have dining in, in our villages and the space for food and beverage has drastically increased like in hotels. So the philosophy that I had, Klaus, was I took a, a, um, a resort destination, mm-hmm. superimposed it on a village and say, the village is now a resort. So what do you need to have a resort? Dorman, VIP people, hosts and hostesses, events that are happening around you, environments, smell, look, etc. So that's what we've created within the villages that they moved away from being a shopping street to actually being an experience where what the way we say, yes, we are outlet. But at the end of the day, what we say, we are luxury brands at a discount in a unique shopping environment. Mm-hmm. That's what we are. Mm-hmm. And are you are you seeing different behaviors um, across Europe, and then obviously in, in in New York as you are opening that? Are you um, are you customizing the experience according to the location? If you're in Paris or in in Frankfurt or in Munich or Milan or London, I could imagine customers are very very different, right? Or or, or you segment them differently, or is it well same people go to go to the go to the villages anywhere in Europe? It's totally different. <clears throat> Every village places, has its. Right? Every village has its own DNA. Mm-hmm. So every village is like a hotel. Every hotel is its own uh, identity. So does our villages. Mm-hmm. And so do our clients. And so do our, our, because a lot of guests come in one destination, come from these kind of countries. In another village, it comes from these kind of countries. But at the current way, because with COVID, we had to shift tourism, <laughs> fell yeah, away. Yeah. We had to totally refocus on our local local guests. That's what we did. We started to look at longer driving distances, etc. We started to look at virtual shopping and, and you know as well, we started to do digital clienteling, mm-hmm. which is basically how can you in the digital world do clienteling with your guests so that they can buy virtually and when the villages are open again, how, how can you get the physical retail back? Because physical retail is here to stay. Our chairman always says, digital retail one, Amazon one. Long live the physical retail. <laughs> because if you take the fact is that Amazon won the digital one, so don't mm-hmm. enter the digital race. But if you stay on the physical side, where the experience, the experience is the unique selling proposition. It's the same for hotels. You can't focus, and, that, and, and you and I were in a um, in a seminar the other day, in a webinar the other day, and I was totally surprised that the hotel business focused their IT budgets on 
contactless check-in, contactless door opener. In retail, we focus everything on guest acquisition. Mm -hmm. How can we get to our guest differently? How can we bring the experience of the guest in a digital environment back into the physical? We didn't look at less contacts because we truly believe that after COVID-19, we learned to live with it, the vaccination has happened. There's an incredible desire of the physical contract again. So it's that physical contact that we, in a physical environment, an outdoor, because all our villages are outdoor, are in a unique proposition to say, come and visit us. You're in the open air. And guess what? It's a fantastic environment. It's always like a resort environment. It looks great. It smells great. You have nice people. You have good food. That's the experience that we're trying to create. Right, right. That's fascinating. That, 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 I mean, and I agree with you that after COVID-19, people are going to crave physical experiences and physical touch points and contacts even more so than in the past, right? Because we've been told to don't hug, right? And don't, don't touch anyone and, and stay apart, right? Um, I, I completely agree with that. But you still believe in the digitalization of the customer journey. You're just saying that you, you're focusing your spend on acquiring customers digitally. And then when they come to you, then you want to pamper them, right? We say it is this soft spot where the digital meets the physical. Mm -hmm. When those two collide, and you find that sweet spot where the journey is facilitated digitally, where the information is provided digitally, but where the product and the experience is physical, you've hit it home. Mm -hmm. And I don't understand in the hotel business as well sometimes why they say we want contactless. It's not about contactless. It's about the people experience. Yeah. It's, about, it's about you. It's not about the masses. It's about you. It's the physical experience for you that has to be different. And that you can open the door automatically, that's fine. And that you can check in automatically, that's fine too. But where's the physical part of it within distance, within COVID-19 regulations, etc. that physical element of distance will be there to stay, in my opinion. But how can you do that in the hotel business, bring that back? to mm -hmm. say that a hotel is not a commodity. A hotel has its own identity. The hotel has its own profile. The hotel has its own attitude. The hotel has its own language. That's what the difference comes in, where, where those hotels would differentiate themselves because of the experience that they give. The product, Klaus, is commoditized. Yeah. Yeah. It is commoditized. When right. you say the Hyatt, a Marriott, a Ritz-Carlton, a Four Seasons, the only differentiation is the people. It's a five-piece five bathroom. It is to check in the five restaurants. It's all the same. Yeah. So it is the soft element, the physical element, mm. that will make the difference to the future hotels who will be a success, in my opinion. But right, that's right. my No, one, I, I, one of the most interesting books I read recently is called The Effortless Experience. And it's exactly all of that, all what you're talking about. And it's about giving people um, the means to have an effortless uh, engagement with a company, but then not doing that to the detriment of your physical engagement and, 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 um, and mm. the, the touch points that you want. So, you can have the check-in and you can have all the yeah. contactless stuff 
but you still want to be serviced and, and you want to be taken care of and you want to feel pampered, right, in some instances. Well, that's why I mentioned, Klaus, for me, it is where the digital meets the physical. Yeah. At that point, that's the sweet spot that you have to create. And for every company, every hotel, that will be different. Every retail company, that will be different. You want to be high intensity, you want to be low intensity, you want to be VIP or you want to be generic. That's where the difference comes in. Yeah, yeah. And one of the companies I always look to is, is Disney, right, who, who does a great job of combining digital with the magic bands and, and all the stuff that they're doing with queue management. They invested billions. a billion dollars, <laughs> a billion dollar in it. That is a, uh, yes, a quite yes. a remarkable standpoint that they've taken. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so, so you, you told me and you told me on that panel, panel as well that we were on a few weeks back that uh, uh, hotels can learn, can learn a lot from um, uh, retail and, and you wrote some uh, papers and articles about it, which we're going to post on the um, on the podcast side as well. So so from your experience in the hotel industry and now your experience in the retail industry, you told me previously you would you would run a hotel completely different now if you would ever go back yeah. into the hotel business. Um, yeah. What should hotel what should the hotel industry do differently? And and where where are we where are we missing the point? Speed. Right. Speed. Speed. Are you talking about room service? No. No. Uh, And and listen, I've been a hotelier all my life, so I'm not telling hoteliers how to do their business. The biggest change, the fastest change we make in our business is change the room service menu or change the restaurant menu or have a special big deal. In retail, we invent ourselves every month, every six months. If you don't reinvent yourself to cater for the summer season, the spring season, the winter season, or the autumn season, you're out of business. And we see that at the moment very, very much in the world where those brands, and here's the magic word, don't stay relevant, are out of business. Mm. So when I look back at hotel business and I look at myself, I've ran Grand Hyatt, I ran Resort, I ran Bourgeois, the best hotel in the world, etc. Didn't change an iota. I can back to those now. I've opened one, two, three, four Grand Hyatt's. Yeah, they will still be the same. Mm-hmm. The difficulty, of course, in the hotel business is it's an expensive asset. Yeah, you cannot think, just yeah, go. Absolutely. You cannot just reinvent the restaurant as such, but it's the experience that needs to change. And I I don't have the magic wand to say, you have to do this. But what I do know in retail, we stay very close to trendsetters. Mm-hmm. We stay very close to key opinion leaders. We stay very close to influencers to see what's happening next. And it's that, what, see what's happening next, Even in your title, Klaus, <laughs> it's in your title. <laughs> what's happening next? It's that element of what's happening next that the hoteliers have to embrace and see. And in my article I wrote as well, one of the biggest thing is not my hotel network, but my non-hotel network. That's the most important network I need to be looking at. Right. What are those people doing or not doing that I need to whoop? copy-paste, maybe not, but adjust those influences 
to make sure that my room becomes relevant, mm -hmm. to make sure that my air conditioning becomes relevant, to make sure that my check-in experience becomes relevant, to make sure that my restaurant becomes relevant. And I give you an example of, of Soho House, and they did a fantastic job. And in the, in the Cotswold, they have a hotel, Soho Farmhouse, very, very good. And we met with the director of operations, et cetera. He had at that time seven or, or eight people doing nothing. I said, what do you mean doing nothing? That's an expensive job for doing that. No, no. They only talk to guests. Oh, wow. So are they guest relations? No, no, no. They only talk to guests. I said, why do you do that? The feedback that they get from these guests is unbelievable. I said, give me an example. Well, everybody was complaining that the hamburger was, was shit. And we actually saw that in several of our restaurants. Within 48 hours, we changed the hamburger across the company wow. immediately mm. based on these trends. In hotel business, you have people staying overnight, eating with you, sleeping with you, in the spa. You have every possibility to make a relationship and to listen. And that is what I think is missing out in the hotel business today. Mm. You take a general manager, and I've been a general manager, yeah? I sit behind my computer. I look at the flags up, down, green, red, whatever it is, <laughs> versus being in the lobby. And I opened a, a Grand Hyatt in Fukuoka at that time in Japan. Mm -hmm. And we made a rule. Every guest that was checked in was greeted by a member of our staff. That was a 400-room hotel. Five pages went off, mobile phones, five pages off. Five people stood up from the meeting, whatever it was, walked to the lobby, and whoever was first greeted the guest. The other four moved back. Mm -hmm. But these are the things that I think in, in, in the hotel business, in our business, I still consider myself a hotelier, in our business, it's that focus on the guest. It's the focus on their demands. It's the focus, what's happening in the cruise line business, in the rental car business, in the retail business, in the entertainment business. What's happening out there that we can learn from within the hotel business? Mm. And I believe that that is, that that is not done with the intensity, Klaus, that we shoot. Mm -hmm. It feels like you're saying that the there's a risk that the pendulum is swinging too far towards contactless and digital and making it too sterile and we'll lose the, 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 the touch points that we all, that are so important to create that experience. And it's interesting because we all talk about boutique hotels and lifestyle hotels and individual personalized experiences, but then we also talk a lot about just doing it all through the mobile, mobile, mobile apps or, 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 or technology, right? But you so, see, so it comes back to the, the, the overlap between the two, right? But it's that, uh, Klaus, it's that soft spot yeah, that you need exactly. to find yeah. because do they need to develop the contactless? Yes, you do. But nobody in that webinar that we attended mm -hmm. spent any money, any money on guest acquisition. Yeah. Nobody. It was all, all meant on the side. More efficiency, more efficiency, more efficiency versus get more guests, get different experiences, attract. And that's what, what retail is the difference. Retail looks at we're doing that efficiency part, but we need to get look at that guest part and say, mm. how are we going to get them in? Because don't forget, after, after the, the post-COVID-19, competition in hotel business is only going to be way up. Right. It's not going to be a little bit up. It's going to be way up. Yeah. And that's 
why I think the USP, unique selling proposition, is going to be who will provide the experience that is different and that is for me. Not for us, yeah. but for me. At the and personal that's why level. I think the, the importance. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, oh. it's, it's, it's personalization of experiences. Yeah, yeah. A fascinating conversation, and, and I'm sure we could go on for, for much longer, but I know that we usually keep it for 20, 25 minutes. I'm going to ask you one more question, which I usually ask at the end, other than, you know, where you're going to travel next when you can travel again. <laughs> um, what, what's, you know, the people that are listening to this podcast, a lot of time, you know, college students or people that have recently graduated, um, what, what would be the one piece of advice you would give someone who's just starting out um, or has just graduated or is a, you know, an entry-level person in a hotel? Um, what, what, would, what would you recommend to them? And you've made a big transition. I've made a transition out of hotel industry to a technology world. You've made a transition from the hotel industry to a retail industry. At the heart, we're still hoteliers, me too. Uh, what, what would you uh, suggest to them that they, uh, that they do? These are notes I kept. Every week I write myself a new note during COVID. Oh, wow. The last one. Big, big stack of notes. <laughs> it's a big stack of notes and they're hanging on my, on my lamp. Right. The biggest one for me is believe in your opinion. Mm -hmm. No matter how junior you are, no matter right. how senior you are, believe in your opinion and fight for your opinion. There's too much commoditization of saying the right thing, mm. believing the right thing. But I truly, truly believe is I have an opinion like I did today. I said my opinion. And we hire a lot of um, Harvard graduates in the company we work for. And the one thing I say, guys, say your opinion, say your opinion, say your opinion, believe your opinion, because that's the only way we as professionals can grow. So mm. that is my little really bit of advice I can give you. And now I hang, I hang the pieces of paper back again. <laughs> great, great advice. I really appreciate your time. Um, we're going to post the, uh, the document uh, about the, what, what can hotels learn from retail um, on the website when we post the, the podcast. Um, thank you so much for your, for your advice and, and for your insights. Uh, I love that concept of finding the sweet spot between digital and, and the experience especially as the hotel industry is all talking about experiences, right? Uh, and, and how to enable that. So uh, I think it's going to be a really great refreshing, uh, uh, refresh, refreshing to see how people adapt to that. So thank you very much. Appreciate your You're time. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you very much, Klaus. Thank you very much for listening. And I hope you found this episode valuable for your own business circumstances. Check out the show notes, link to the episode, help more people in the industry find this podcast by sharing and rating, and don't forget to subscribe to the series wherever you listen to it.